Yama, hello and welcome. Tanisha Stanton here and I'm joined by NRL.com reporters Chris Kennedy and Dan Walsh. And guys, the off-season has just come and gone, hasn't it, with a few of our NRL clubs back at training this week? Well, I mean, not gone for everyone. There's a lot of off-season to go. But yeah, you're right, the holiday portion's <laughs> certainly over for a few clubs. I was looking at some of the training snaps on uh, social media and a few of the, the teams, uh, not just bottom eight teams, like you know, Parramatta's back as well as a, yeah. you know, a couple mm. of the finals teams as well just absolutely slung it out in the hot sun, although I think it was more the uh, the juniors and the depth players, at certainly the Eels and, and probably some of the other clubs as well so far. Which, and yeah, if you're Power and Penrith, I think they cranked it up to about 35, 37 degrees out there in the Golden yeah. West, so uh, better them than us. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Pretty much so. But let's talk about some news and what's been making news this week. I guess, Dan, can you talk to us about Kieran Foran and what's mm. happening around his injury at the moment? Yeah, so big, uh, big Sad news came through today. Uh, today. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon uh, and a couple of hours ago we got confirmation that uh, Foz's surgery, he underwent exploratory surgery yesterday and he was already facing six months off. Mm-hmm. That surgery, the arthroscopy found uh, he's going to need up to another six months on top of that. So Kieran Foran most likely done for 2020 without... Uh, Without even getting close to the paddock, uh, yeah, the poor bugger and where it leaves his career from here, given mm. he's 29, been through an incredible amount of injuries, off contract, uh, it's it's just a, a very tough blow and uh, yeah, the dogs, boring, safe to say everyone's reeling from this at the moment and mm. yeah, in terms of where that goes next, uh, Canterbury can apply for uh, some salary cap dispensation uh, you're allowed up to pro rata, uh, so it's per uh, a breakdown of the salary, up to $350,000 for the season. Uh, that can be spent on a like-for-like player. The issue for Canterbury here is, uh, as we understand it, Kieran Foran is earning uh, roughly a million dollars this year. And there aren't a hell of a lot of like-for-like players out there in terms of playmakers available. Mm. Uh, so they're going to be short. You know, roughly six hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars in the cap, and mm. uh, that's if the application goes through successfully. Uh, Kieran has had shoulder surgery on this same one in twenty sixteen, and one of the prerequisites for the dispensation is that it isn't a pre-existing injury. So if the application goes in, they'll have to prove that the injury that happened against for New Zealand CK in yeah. a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the the weekend before the one just gone. Yeah. So they'll have to prove that uh, that was an entirely new injury and then uh, yeah their options are to look to market or they've got Lockie Lewis and Jack Cogger in their ranks and also uh, the young fella Wakeham. Brandon who's, Wakeham who's yeah. uh, up for a golden boot uh, shortlist mm-hmm. he's been yeah, very good for go. this year yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh, certainly and no no one will begrudge this saying that it's definitely none of those guys are Kieran Foran mm-hmm. and there is no Kieran Foran out there on the market either no, he just hasn't been able to catch a break, has he? Yeah, it's Six been rough pretty much since he left Manly. Like, he seemed to be going mm. OK. He got to Parramatta and all of a sudden the, the lower back and hamstring sort of kicked in and then that was when he did the shoulder at the end of that season, went mm-hmm. across to the Warriors, that was interrupted, went to the Bulldogs and he's been out with, you know, he had a toe injury, a foot mm-hmm. injury, put him out for half a year, a bunch of different injuries. And, I mean, you, you can't question the guy's toughness, what he's... You know, put his body through. First of all, when he was at Manly, you know, you could sort of see that high octane style and digging into the line and, and getting smashed in the big collisions. Um, and then what he's 
gone through to come back from a, a series of injuries. Like you said, Dan, still only 29. Mm. The, the times he was on the field this year for Canterbury looked like getting back to his best, got his test jersey back at the end of the year, and I think mm. we're all happy for him. Yeah, and it lasted yeah. only sort of five or six minutes and a fairly innocuous tackle, popped his shoulder out, and yeah. now another year on the sidelines. Mm. And so from what we're hearing at the moment, Foz is still adamant. But again, because he is only 29, he's not 34, 35. Mm. He, at this stage, medic, uh, retiring, he doesn't want to do that, but mm. uh, facing another 12 months off and mm. in terms of where he would get another deal, uh, it would certainly require a pay cut to keep playing next year because, frankly, no one's going to go anywhere near a million dollars for a guy that, unfortunately, he's only managed to play about a third of the games available in the last four years. So... Mm. Yeah. Uh, where it leaves Foz is one thing. Where it leaves Canterbury and who they could look at. Uh, Brody Croft is an option out of Melbourne. Uh, so I'll just stress that the news is only three or four hours old. Yep. Uh, we mm-hmm. haven't heard mm-hmm. of them looking at anyone yet. I'm sure they're hitting the phones already. But uh, Brody, of course, has been given permission by Canterbury, uh, by Melbourne sorry, to negotiate with rivals. He's uh, stuck behind Jerome Hughes and a few other guys down there at Melbourne. So uh, he had been linked with Brisbane, but salary cap issues there, yep. making that move unlikely. And uh, Melbourne at this stage, they don't want to chip in at all. Uh, into moving Brody Croft along because they've got their own cap issues mm. to free up. Mm. So, Not historically something that Melbourne and Roosters really do is pay freight on someone to, to no. go somewhere else. They're more the, the, the recipients than the, mm. the benefactors. And that's the uh, ins and outs of the salary cap there as well. Mm. So Brody Croft could be an option they look towards. Um, Canterbury, as I understand it, do have a bit of room in their cap for next year. So if they were to be granted the full 350000 by the NRL, that's an if. Uh, they could be working with about $500,000 there. That brings them into range for Brodie Croft. Uh, a much cheaper option would be fellow Mel- uh, former Melbourne Storm boy Riley Jacks. He was at the Gold Coast this year, but as yet he won't be at the Titans next year and hasn't, hasn't got a deal yet. Uh, and the other option that uh, would be... could still happen, uh, Aidan Caesar, who mm. we've all... So, Obviously took Canberra to the grand final and has had a three-year off, three offer from Huddersfield uh, made to him over in the UK. Uh, as I understand, it's a decent offer. And whether that's been taken up at the moment, though, is unclear. So Aiden, whether Canterbury could come to the party late and keep him in the NRL remains mm. to be seen. But he's a former Bulldogs junior, grew up in the Canterbury area. Boy, yeah. And uh, it could be a silver lining there. Definitely. But as we say, it's a long way to go with this. And yeah. Yeah, the news is only less than six mm. hours old. And with Karen, we do wish him all the best on his road to mm. recovery. Um, and we hope to see him back out there in a year's time as well. But let's move on. Speaking of Caesar, let's move on to some news um, out of Canberra. Dan, can you talk us through that? Yeah, a little bit more positive down there. Uh, so Donny Ferner has been over in the UK, their CEO at the moment, and they've just they've actually just set up a bit of an academy program with Huddersfield over there, coached mm-hmm. by former mm-hmm. Raider uh, Simon Wolford. And so the idea there is they'll be bringing uh, younger, you know, your 16 to 18-year-olds, bringing them out from the UK to Australia, uh, you know, experiencing a bit of a building kind of program, experiencing rugby league here and vice versa. Some of their best juniors will go across to Canberra. Uh, the idea was sown by the fact they've picked up these fantastic uh, Englishmen that drove them all the way to their grand final this year. And uh, as far as that grand final team goes, uh, there's a few guys coming off contract 
next year, but the Raiders are already moving on Jared Croker and uh, extension talks for Jack Whiten as well. So Whiten made news uh, a couple of weeks ago when it came out that he had knocked back his player option for 2021. The reason behind that was because he had switched management and so... As managers' deals go, uh, you only pick up commission on the deals that you negotiate. Because Whiten was already contracted on mm. a previous deal, uh, they've looked at it and gone, well, we'd like to start a new one, and that brings in a new commission into play. Uh, as I understand it, the Raiders will meet with Jack and his management this week now that Don Fern is back in the country. Mm-hmm. And they've also, as I said, started talks with uh, Jared Croker as well, and that's progressing reasonably well. Uh, CK, could you see Jared Croker in anything but lime green? He's one of those rare players that you just absolutely can't mm. fathom pulling on a, another jersey. And mm-hmm. Croker, you know, came through in that fantastic Canberra under twenty side that won the comp back in two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight, yeah. Jared Kennedy um, up the middle, goal yeah, point. Yeah. One of the great tries. He was running on a treadmill and the boy got there. <laughs> Shout outs to JK. Memorable. <laughs> Mem- one of the most memorable under twenties games there's been. Yeah, Jared Croker is uh, he's Canberra through and through. I can't I can't picture him in another jersey. Mm. No, so, and I don't think he could picture himself in another no, jersey exactly. either. No, no, and I think that one's a case of everyone working out and getting on the same page, and mm. I don't see there being too many issues there. Jared's 29 at the moment. Mm. Uh, a two- or three-year deal would take him into his 30s and would push him up to, up beyond 300 games, uh, and then we start looking at all those point-scoring records mm. that mm. good mm-hmm. judges have got Jared tipped to uh, finish high up the list when he finally does retire, but certainly seems a long way off at this point. Yeah, I think mm. the Raiders will be doing all that they can to keep him mm. in the lime green. Um, but let's move on to David Fafita, who's back in the country. Yeah, yeah what's the latest there? Uh, yeah, back in the country after his Bali trip... <sighs> Didn't go so well. Uh, Ended up spending three nights behind bars after uh, allegedly punching a security guard. So those allegations, and I must stress that this is not... Well, this is allowed under Balinese law. Uh, Those allegations were withdrawn after there was a peace settlement with the alleged victim between Fafita and that security guard. So the suggestions... I believe it's a five-figure amount that's been paid there. Uh, there's been suggestions that it could be up towards $50,000. That's how things work over there a little bit. But uh, So Brisbane have come out and said they haven't paid any of that. Uh, So Fafita's back on Australian soil. Mm. He's meeting with the NRL Integrity Unit uh, sometime this week. And beyond that, uh, there probably will be a further punishment. But the NRL Integrity Unit will conduct conduct their own investigation. And, uh, yeah, Brisbane and Fafita said to be uh, cooperating with that. Yeah, and we've seen Dave front the media at the start of this week upon his arrival back into the country as well. Yeah, it was a a. 5am start at Mm. Brisbane Airport after... (laughs) They were they were scheduled to be on a much more uh, much more friendly time, but uh, some holdups at the police station kept them kept them <laughs> back overnight, which meant David had to spend an extra night in bars. And yeah, uh, yeah but back on Australian soil mm-hmm. himself, Paul White fronted the media straight away. Brisbane's been reasonably upfront about mm. all this, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a case of the NRL Integrity Unit taking it from here. I wonder if yep. you might see a few less uh, postseason trips to Bali next next year this time than, than what we have this time around. Well, there's no shortage of news coming out of there, so yeah, yeah uh, maybe find a new hotspot. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a really great idea, but 
let's, I guess, move on as well. There's also been an update in the Manasi Fainu court case. Yeah, unfortunately, still staying on off-field stuff mm. at the moment. But uh, so Manasi has been granted bail. He's been uh, in custody for the last two weeks after allegations uh, that he was involved in a stabbing out in Sydney's uh, Sydney Southwest. So Manasi had his uh, application for bail approved, but he remains on house arrest until at least December 16 when uh, the case goes before Liverpool Court again. And so the conditions of Manasi's uh, house arrest are that he's allowed to attend training and medical uh, medical appointments. He had reconstructive uh, surgery on his shoulder. And so he's able to get across to Manly and train with his teammates. But from an NRL perspective, he still remains stood down until mm-hmm. that case is resolved. Uh, and so just with that as well, Manly's obviously in a bit of a spot there in terms of if it does progress into 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you that uh, Danny Levi up at Newcastle is one of the, one of the players they're looking at mm-hmm. as, a, as a potential replacement if that happens. Uh, Levi at this stage is on holidays. Uh, he'll report for Newcastle pre-season if nothing gets sorted then, but he's been... Uh, common knowledge that he's been allowed to look for another club for much of the year um, and Manly could be one of those pending how things work out with Finer. Yeah, and let's talk about... I was going to say a few little movements with the the hookers. Isaac Luke's still without a a destination. Yeah, nothing sorted there. Uh, Mm. West Tigers were tossed up as a potential Mm. home for Isaac Luke and it did make a little bit of sense given uh, Robbie Farrow retired, Jacob Little's busted with a with a shoulder and uh, Luke and Michael Little's got him. Uh, of course, yeah, yeah. Mid-season, yeah. yeah. After two shoulder, two shoulder recos, yeah, yeah. Poor bugger. Uh, and obviously Madge has coached uh, Isaac at previous levels, mm. uh, you know, at Souths and brought him back into the Kiwi team. But uh, the Tigers, I'm told, they'll keep... Uh, Josh Reynolds is their hooker for 2020 at this stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's played there before and also another bloke just trying to get some time on the paddock, to be honest. Mm. So mm. that that one could work out quite well. But uh, in, if Grubb can stay on the paddock and offer something a bit different there with Benji, but mm. at this stage, yeah, the Tigers are hoping that you know, Grubb can stay stay out there and he'll mm. be their hooker for at least next season, yeah. Well, he won't be uh, caught out in attack. It's just whether his, his shoulders are up to sort of mm. defending in the middle for, for long periods. But wait and see, I guess, on that one. Yep. And, Dan, is there any other movements um, on the signings front or any other injury uh, updates? Just back to, yeah, just with the Tigers again. Uh, so Latrell Mitchell obviously absolutely dominated the headlines last week. And fair enough, the blokes got out of Sydney. He's gone up to Taree, mm. back, back home. Uh, Latrell's still up there. Uh, and last Friday we saw the Bulldogs. Uh, we don't normally see this, but given the constant links, the Bulldogs came out publicly mm-hmm. and said, "Look, we're just drop- just to let everyone know we're dropping out of the race for Latrell." Uh, they'll tell you they weren't in it at any point, but there was a meeting with mm. a Bulldogs official there. Uh, so the Bulldogs have jumped out of it. Kind of leaves the Tigers at the moment as the front runner, but. Still a long way to go into that one as uh, Latrell would obviously need to meet with Michael Maguire. That hasn't happened yet and the guy's on holidays at the moment. Mm. So I think let a bit of the, little bit of the air come out of that. You know, there was a bit of a frenzy over that. Little bit, let, some, let it die down a little bit and then mm. come back to it. Because, uh, of course, it's been a big year for Latrell and you can't begrudge the bloke a bit of peace and quiet. Absolutely. It's been a massive year, you know, going from well, all the way to the high, grand final. Highs to, and yeah, lows. Exactly. Yeah, in, in New South Wales, out of New South Wales, yep. kangaroos, contracts, yep. uh, calling out racism and taking mm-hmm. a hell of a mm-hmm. stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
as as always, there's something going on with the trial, but uh, yeah, yeah, for the moment, it's, uh, yeah, letting it lie. Yeah, and speaking of some international footy, how yeah. amazing has the last few weeks been? I'm sad that this is the weekend. This weekend is it. I know. Well, we've had we've had some upsets, and, and Tong has been at the heart mm-hmm. of a lot of that. They've sort of been the story of the postseason, upsetting, um, you know, the Kangaroos. The first ever win for yep. Tonga against uh, um, against the Kangaroos was was fantastic. But the weekend just gone. I wanted to start off with um, Papua New Guinea and Fiji. Now this was. One of the mm-hmm. most entertaining mm-hmm. rugby league games of mm-hmm. 2019. Yep. Full stop, end of sentence. This was tremendous. This is a great advertisement for, for Test Rugby League. Definitely. Two, um, two tier two nations who are both making you know huge strides in terms of their um, you know their their pathways and yep. their um, their depth. Um, teams that are historically you know had a couple of NRL stars and a couple mm-hmm. of you know just out and out sort of reserve graders, park footy players. Um, now sort of seeing consistent quality across the board and the the style of play on this one. It finished up. 22-20 to Fiji. PNG were in front for stretches. They had a number of chances late in the game to steal yeah. it. They had a an almost try callback. I think it was for an offside. Another almost try. Um, you know, a, a forward pass in the lead up, and then a, another almost try. They just couldn't quite find the last pass. So a few chances to win it at the end. You know, great scenes for for Fiji holding on to win, but just the. The style of footy that was played, it was, you know, not overly structured, not a lot mm. of the block plays, but high, high intensity, high levels of skill, you know, speed, collisions. Um, Adeni Gebi, um, who has joined the South Sydney Rabbitohs, a young PNG mm. player, I think he yeah. played on the wing, 70-metre try scooting from dummy half, put some unbelievable footwork on the, the fullback to score the try, that high-risk offloads, all sort of sticking it and going to hand. I, you know, it's just a, a, a terrific contest and, and great to watch. I think that's what I love for these tier two nations especially is the opportunities that come out of these games that they're playing and you know yeah. getting our NRL coaches and recruiters to see them and see what they can do out there and so many of them of them local players are coming over here and getting a shot it's great yeah and seeing what's happened you know with the PNG hunters in the Q mm-hmm. Cup building mm-hmm. their pathways you know Fiji getting yep. a um mm-hmm. you the know, team. Yep. into the the depth part of the, the New South Wales system and potentially a you know a proper reserve grade team yeah. um, in the New South Wales Cup um, in the next couple of years would would be fantastic for them as well. Definitely. Um, just on, actually, you mentioned a couple of the guys getting themselves in front of coaches and uh, mm. NRL recruiters. Braden Army is a name that's been mentioned mm-hmm. out of uh, the Fijian tests this mm. year. Yep. And, uh, Newcastle and Parramatta and Manly, I think. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, yep. Yeah. And they're, so they're, you know, as a potential uh, fringe you know, backline option for a few clubs has been mentioned. And uh, Ben Murdoch-Basilla out of the Tongan. Yeah. I know he didn't play on the weekend, but absolutely played the house down when he was playing for Tonga. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he is contracted over at Warrington. Yeah, Warrington. Yeah. Uh, so there's no option to come in his contract to come back this year, but there's plenty of, cl- plenty of NRL clubs making inquiries for 2021. Mm-hmm. And uh, all and sundry who have had a bit to do with um, Ben... The penny's just dropped for him. He's mm. lost a fair bit of weight. He's far more professional in his approach, and I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him back in the NRL next season. Mm. And he's not yeah. that old. He's been out of the NRL for a while. I kind of thought he was one of those guys in the twilight. Mm. But he's only what, no, he's about twenty-eight. Yeah. yeah. So, and the way he's playing, definitely of a mm. definitely a fair bit of petrol left in the tank there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah one for a little bit further down the line there. 
Yeah, sure. great. Well, hopefully we'll see him back here in the next few years. Um, but let's move on to the, you know, Great Britain and New Zealand. They yeah, were well, a couple of great two test matches. I mean, good for good for New Zealand. Obviously, mm-hmm. Sean Johnson back into yeah. the lineup following that unfortunate injury to Kieran Four. And now he was um, copped a lot of the heat for the loss to Australia mm. a few weeks back. And, you know, he didn't have a good game, but he, he wasn't the only one. Um, he was fantastic against Turned Great Britain, put on, put on one of those, you know, classic Sean Johnson mm-hmm. tries he where he sort too. of eyes up and steps his way to the line and had a really good game so great to see for them um, Brandon Smith who was demoted for um, it's a very Michael Maguire quote around what failing to meet mm. team standards mm. or whatever it was um, the week before he came back in and played really well yep. um, you know passed really well and, and you know was good in the middle so they you know good signs for New Zealand Great Britain it's been a disappointing tour they've um, gone down um, in every game they've played winless on the tour 2-0 now to, to New Zealand and obviously got done by um, Tonga a little while back as well um, just have not looked inspiring at all. Um, haven't really looked very different to the England team. There's, I mean, Great Britain, they bring in, you know, Welsh or, or Scottish players or, um, you know, it's obviously the whole of Great Britain rather than just England, but it's basically, you know, an England team. They've they've lacked a lot of spark out wide. They're missing some backs. You know, Tommy Makinson, the mm. reigning um, Golden Boot winner back in England, injured. A few other guys on the sidelines. They've lost Ryan Hall yeah, through Ryan the series. Hall, another four months, unfortunately, from that yeah, dislocated the, the knee. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he'll be struggling to get ready for... He's going to miss another pre-season there, mm. which we spoke last time about yeah. his uh, injury-interrupted first year at the Roosters. Yeah. Unfortunately, 2020 will start off on the same note for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah and a you know, terrific fella, and has been mm. one of the dominant wingers you know, on the planet for the last 15 years and tearing up Super League and playing really well for England. He scored some great tries against Australia as well through his career and um, hasn't been able to buck the trend of English backs coming over here and mm. not really succeeding, so fingers crossed he, he can do that next year, but like you said, it's going to be a delayed start, but Hey, Great Britain, they've had to you know, use some players out of position in the, the three-quarter line. Wayne Bennett's come under a lot of criticism mm. for the sort of unbalanced squad. He's picked a lot of halves and not many outside backs. You saw Blake Austin make his mm. test debut on the on wing. The wing. Yeah. Had a tough start and then finished yeah. up sort of going okay. He had some good carries and um, did some nice things, but he's clearly not a wing. He's never played no. wing in his yeah. life in, at the top mm-hmm. levels. So mm-hmm. to make your test debut on the wing was a, um, a big ask. I you know, thought he, yeah. he tried his best. He, he wasn't, you know... There were worse players on the Great Britain team than than Blake Mm -hmm. Austin, but it sort of speaks to, I guess, the balance of the squad they've picked and the the Mm -hmm. depth that they've got. They haven't had specialist wingers to go around, which is unfortunate. Not a great Mm -hmm. sign ahead of, um, you know, again, this is Great Britain, not England, but it's not, you know, like I said, it's mostly the same squad. Not great Mm -hmm. signs ahead of the 2021 Mm. World Cup. Well, they've got the Nationals Tour as well that was announced last week. Uh, So three tests against the Kangaroos on home soil, which Mm -hmm. makes a big difference, but. no, it doesn't look great. And we're hearing, of course, this is all speculation, but uh, suggestions from over in the UK that Wayne Bennett might not might not last until that tour or, mm. or the World Cup. Uh, Wayne said he wants to keep the job right up until the World Cup, but, yeah, there's not a hell of a lot of support at the moment. Mm-hmm. And they've lost 3-0 to New Zealand. They've yeah. he, he personally has said they've gone backwards this mm. year. And so it's interesting times as far as that relationship continues there mm. between the coach and, mm. and the RFL. Mm. Yeah. You have to wonder why someone like Regan Grace wasn't in the squad. Now, we saw him in the nines playing mm. for Wales. He's an absolute speedster. He's probably only really Josh Adokar. No, he'd be the space. second fastest bloke in rugby league yeah. anywhere on the planet. Yeah, yeah, mm. um, yeah. massive you know, prospect and scoring some tries over in the Super League. Could have 
been part of the Great Britain team, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to say that he's not in the Great Britain team purely because he doesn't qualify for England and won't be playing for England in the, the World Cup. But, um, you know, criticisms have mounted on, on Wayne Bennett because players like that aren't yeah. involved. And that Great Britain side, they've got one more game to turn it around. They mm. touched down in PNG a couple of days ago. Mm. Absolute um, scenes as the usual. Crowd, whenever. Of course, or the Anyone, yeah. you, could, you could have seen a rugby league game once, mention <laughs> it, and then you turn up in PNG and they yeah. will absolutely roll the red carpet mm. out. It's, it's, it's just It's fantastic to see. Yeah. It yeah. is. I remember well, the, when I went over there for footy, um, yeah. yeah, one year, and it was just incredible. Just everyone up and down the streets with the flags, mm. and it was just everyone supporting everyone. It wasn't even just them out there for PNG. They were just excited for just sport. No, and there yeah. won't be a piece of kit left on a player no. after full time. <laughs> they will be leaving the ground in their undies and yeah. everyone else yeah. will have everything else they're wearing. Yeah. That's mm. it. I was going to say, there's great scenes already because the... Um, Women's team, the Great Britain women's team's already over there. They mm-hmm. played um, the PNG Orchids, had a, a tight win. Their, their yep. skipper Emily Rudge, who hasn't scored a try um, at Test level th- for three or four years, scored four of them, Deadly. no less. So, so she's uh, she's enjoying her time By the over way, there. The nudie run, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you banked those for the next four years. Can you spread them out? Yeah. yeah so the and the the crowd getting into that game as much as they would for a men's game, but they get the chance for the men's game this weekend. Um, PNG hosting Great Britain. PNG. Um, as we touched on before didn't quite get the result against Fiji last weekend but I think they'll be buoyed by their performance Mm -hmm. Um, some of their guys played really really well and uh, Great Britain like we've said have been struggling three tries in their last three tests their attack's been very disjointed um, question marks over whether you know um, you know, the Super League man of steel, Jackson Hastings, should be keeping mm-hmm. out George Williams. Yeah. Is obviously the. Are we going to see George Williams this week? Is that possibility? I think so. Yeah. I mean, let's have a look at the so the um, on. Wayne Bennett, I think he's flown Ash Handley over um, mm-hmm. the Leeds central winger, and then he hasn't even made the um, the 21, which is a little bit of an odd move. He's stuck with Widdop and Hastings in the halves, and we have, yeah, George Williams are still in the reserves. And Zach mm-hmm. Hardiker is also in the reserves. He was um, one of their injury absentees. He was the one that uh, dropped out to force Blake Austin mm-hmm. into a debut on the wing. So I guess keep an eye on the late mail to see what sort of team... Great Britain put out Austin at this stage still named on the on the wing. So a few chinks in the armour there. PNG mm. uh, at home um, might fancy themselves. Yeah, they might. And I just, or I guess before we wrap it up, CK, can you tell us about some Golden Boot nominations? Yeah, there's been a lot of attention about this one um, in the media. The, you know, the catch cry has been where's Tedesco because he wasn't mm-hmm. on the short list. So just to... Clean things up. Once the, um, the the Golden Boot Award was formally taken on by the International Rugby League, they tweaked the criteria, so now it's purely only international games that count towards the Golden Boot. It used yep. to be a bit of a vague mishmash between if you've done really well in the NRL and had a good origin series and then played a couple of tests, you were um, right in the frame, but now you have to have played well in tests to be considered and any sort of good performances outside tests don't count at all. So James Tedesco has only played two tests in the entire 12-month voting period. Um, he was probably well below his best in one of them and decent in the other one, but nowhere near enough to get onto the, the top of the list, whereas you've got um, 
you know, the the last England-New Zealand test from last year starts the voting period because that was after the Golden Boot from last year. So New Zealand and, and England players, um, John Bateman's on the list. He's been really good for Great Britain, despite how disappointing they've been. You've got Roger Tuivasa-Shek and Jade Roya Hargreaves yeah. um, in the list. But the talking points for me are the Tongan and Fijian players mm. in there. Now, this mm. award, uh, bearing in mind that the criteria have obviously changed, but it's never been won by someone who doesn't play for England, New Zealand or Australia or mm. England slash Great Britain. But um, Siwa Taukiaho um, and mm-hmm. Tui Lola here mm-hmm. for Tonga, mm-hmm. who've yep. been sensational in their tests. You know, Tui Lola here, we've talked about, you know, their, their lack of depth in the halves. He needed to be good and, and he's been he he's done his job really well. And, yep. and Taukiaho, club doesn't count, but he's been sensational for the Roosters obviously yes. all year as well. And then just... Dominant. He was so mm. good against Australia. He was the best player on the party. Yeah. Unbelievably mm. good against Australia and, and every test that Tonga's played this year. And uh, in Fiji, Viliami Kikau has yes, been an absolute yes. wrecking ball. Don't forget they absolutely torched Lebanon in the middle of the year, put they 58 did. points on them. Mm-hmm. That's before they've been so good in this postseason. So um, Kikau, Kevin Nagama, the skipper, who's been really good, and also Brandon Wakeham, who we touched on mm. um, at the top of the show, the, the Bulldogs. Uh, reserve grader, he's been really important for them in the halves as well. So... Um, you know, one more game to come in the voting period between Great Britain and, and PNG, but um, could be making history with someone like a you know Taukiaho, and he would also be the first front rower to ever win it. It's been dominated yeah. by halves, five eights, halfbacks, fullbacks, a few hookers, and a few sort of edge forwards, and I think once a, a lock forward, but never a yeah. never a front rower. So it could be making two slices of history if he gets at Siwa. Yeah. And um, just the arguments around the the criteria for that one, uh, I think. Yeah, see teams playing more tests. Obviously, when yep. you've got yeah. Great Britain and New Zealand playing five, six tests a year, and Australia playing two, yeah, the mm. the votes are going to be skewed that way. If that's yeah, if it's going to go to the international test player of the year, then it's only natural. Mm. And I mean, we need to get away from this mindset that it's the award for the best player in the world at this point in time. It's mm. the award for. I can understand the struggle for like the struggle to get around that because for so mm. long it was an Andrew Johns or a Stacey Jones or a JT or Cam Smith. Benji, but yeah, the, you know, giving it to international player of the year, that's going to build up the international mm. game. So let's go for it. Yeah, but. I guess raising awareness of that criteria mm. and also yeah, get, getting some more international footy going mm. is the way to go about it. And we've already got an award for the best NRL player for the year, which is the Dally M. We've got mm-hmm. an award for the best Super League player. Sense. Got you know the award for the best player <clears throat> in origin. Why not bring in your kick hours and your you know your, your Fiji Tonga Taukiaho type players who might not get a look in in some of these other awards, but dominate at test level for their country at you know the, the highest level of the game who don't necessarily play enough through the year to, to qualify for some sort of mythical mm. all-encompassing mm. award. Definitely deserve a look in. But, yeah, there you heard it here first, all of the latest NRO news. Chris Kennedy, Dan Walsh, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you. Pleasure as always. As always. And make sure you catch the Great Britain and PNG game and all of the latest updates for that on NRL.com or join us back here next week when we'll have all the latest news for you on the NRL front.